Hey everyone, welcome to the Pit Stops Podium, the Red Partners podcast. We talk to execs who have competed and won. My name is Brendan Tolson. I serve as the co-founder and CEO of Rev Partners, and I'm delighted to have with me today, Corey Haynes, for this episode of Pit Stops to Podium. Welcome, Corey. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really excited to be on. Yeah, and um, Corey, I, I had to wear my hat today. I've never worn a hat for a podcast, but this is, you know, <laughs> I think when this gets launched, the Bulldogs just won their back-to-back national champions, which doesn't happen often. So I, I just had to give them some. Crazy. Um, yeah. But Corey, hey, it's... It's uh, great to have you on. Uh, I know, you know, for those that don't know who Corey is, Corey uh, has a podcast as well called Everything is Marketing. Uh, he's also the fo- founder of Swipe Files. Um, so for our guests that are getting to know you, we will have a personal segment, but as it relates to you professionally, uh, maybe give the audience a little bit of context on who Swipe Files is. Yeah, so uh, I kind of have a, like a juggling act going on right now, but I have Spite Files, which is sort of like my newsletter and membership for SaaS marketing, where I just deconstructs case studies and talk about different tactics and strategies I'm seeing work in the marketplace. Um, I also have Swipe Well, which is my own SaaS product that me and my co-founder are working on. And we were uh, we're actually launching tomorrow officially. So oh. that'll be fun. But it's essentially a way to curate marketing examples and build a swipe file and uh, collaborate with your team to be more creative in your marketing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been doing SaaS marketing for B2B SaaS companies for the last six years now, um, usually as like the kind of first marketer. And um, it's a tall order most of the time. So I've had to kind of learn all the tips and tricks along the way. Uh, the crash, you know, it's nothing like a crash course, like life and just experience. Um, but now, you know, I try to do my best to learn everything that I've learned along the way and uh, teach that to others. It's always fun to hear people's origin stories. So, you know, in light of kind of the experience you've had uh, in that seat to now create a newsletter and ultimately software is, is always a lot of fun. Um, well, Corey, in addition to getting to know what you do, we also like to know who you are. Uh, and so what are three fun facts our audience should know about you outside of work? Uh, married. My wife and I have a dog named Remy's a black pug. I'm obsessed with pugs. Um, I love to play pickleball. In my spare time, I also love to snowboard, but being in San Diego doesn't have, happen all that often. <laughs> Don't have a lot of great choices. Um, well, it's yeah. hard to feel bad for you when you live in San Diego. I know, I know. America's finest city, yada, yada, yada. But I love snow sports. Um, I love being active, being outdoors. Uh, any sort of competitive thing is fun for me. So. All right. So, well, yeah, it seems like pickleball has uh, taken over in terms of the uh, sport of choice for uh, young professionals. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, let's, uh, I appreciate you sharing a little bit about you and, and the passions that you do have. Uh, let, let's transition into the big idea today. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, for our audience, you're thinking about revenue leaders, you're thinking, and there's a lot of marketers that are associated with that. And it's really about how do we go from high growth to high scale? Um, and so a lot of people are rethinking marketing and, and the big idea that you're, you wanted to talk about really gets into treating your marketing almost like a media company. Um, and so, before we kind of dive into how you do that, uh, why should they be thinking that way? Mm-hmm. Um, if we take a step back and we think about, you know, what marketing is and the point of marketing, why are we doing all this? Um, I think it's really easy to have a very transactional view of marketing and sales. And you're sort of just like, this numbers in a spreadsheet and sort of do whatever you need, you know, the, 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 the end justifies the means and however you can get that lead, that sale, um, close the deal, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but people get burnt out on that. And I think what we saw in the last kind of 10 years as this whole world of 
SaaS and software and technology has really just exploded is that we're going through this evolution where early on you could be, you can get away with being super, super transactional. You know, we've got like the predictable revenue playbook of sending cold emails, you know, mass, massive scale and just sort of like working the playbook, closing the deals. Same thing with marketing. It's largely been a lot about uh, advertising and nurturing leads through your CRM, your marketing automation. And you're just trying to like rush everyone through kind of the buyer's journey to get to the end. Um, I think what we've all realized, if you've been in a marketing capacity at a SaaS company, is that that playbook just does not work anymore. Um, the reality is that like the landscape of SaaS categories is that it's super competitive. Like there's a lot of products and categories that are just commoditized these days. Features are a dime a dozen. The products have never been better, right? But that makes it almost even harder for customers to, to choose when a lot of tools do the same thing the same way, you know, almost look exactly the same. They're always in the same kind of bootstrapped themes in their UI. Um, so then, you know, what does it come down to price? Well, then how do you really market that? Um, you really have to build trust with the buyer, with the customers. And um, you're not going to do that just by sending them an ad and, and expecting them to convert on the first or second touch uh, or even, you know, send them to download an ebook and then send them a couple of emails and spend them to hop on a call. Like the bar has been raised so much higher. Customer acquisition costs have risen. Uh, the buyer's journey has been elongated. Uh, their requirements and sort of like what it takes to earn someone's trust has just elevated so much that you can't have that transactional um, viewpoint anymore. Basically, if you're trying to be super, super transactional all the time, you're going to fail. You're going to lose. Like it just doesn't work anymore. So what's the flip side of that? This is where I get to this whole idea of marketing like a media company. Um, this whole idea stemmed from, uh, I was skeptical at first too, because it sounds like a good idea. But it's kind of like, okay, like what does that really mean? You know, like let's, let's talk, let's talk practically. What does it look like to market like a media company? Um, and if you break it down, what is a media company? Well, a media company consists of media personalities people that are creating content, people that you trust, people that you like, people that you know, people that become familiar, uh, sources of information, trustworthy sources of information, even entertaining sources of information. And media companies then monetize those media personalities through the content that they create. So a media company, it has two ingredients. You have media personalities, and then the content is the product that, that they sell. And I feel like that's an amazing model just for a way to think about a non-transactional marketing playbook for SaaS companies today. Because you need people to rise up and be thought leaders in the space to really know what they're, what they're talking about. You need to create content that isn't just like a ploy or a thinly veiled sales letter yeah. <laughs> to sell your product. You need to actually teach people uh, in the market. You need to earn their trust. You need to add value. You need to give guidance. You need to solve problems, even if it's not re directly related to your product. But you need to think and act like a media company and that you are not just a faceless corporate brand. You are a group of people who um, are trusted sources of information and authority in the marketplace. And they need to create amazing content that even if you didn't have a product to sell on the back end, that you would be a source of influence, you would be successful in even monetizing other ways, like through ads or through uh, affiliates or through other types of deals like that. Um, so that way of thinking is essentially the the antidote to the failing 
transactional playbook that we've seen play out in the last decade or so, I'd say. Yeah, if I hear what you're saying, is it's not, I mean, it, it it's how do you think differently? Um, it doesn't mean that those old tactics aren't, can't work. It's just they aren't um, efficient or effective. Um, and so it's not the best, it's, it's, it's not the best way to use your funds. And it's funny because we've, you know, at Rev Partners, we've been thinking a lot, like, this is coincidence because you and I have, did not meet before this conversation. Uh, but that is exactly what we're doing right now. Uh, we're thinking through like uh, networks. Uh, so to your point, whether it's Fox News, CNN, ESPN, it doesn't really matter. To your point about like a media company, we're treating it like a network. Uh, and then so what are uh, those different um series, if you will, that we're going to create, uh, we're going to have individuals with a point of view. Um, and so to, it's that point of view to create that trust and entertainment, to your point, uh, and what's that value add that you're going to offer. Uh, and so it's exactly what we are uh, embarking upon. We'll see if that experiment works. But I, I do agree with you that um, it's a way to differentiate in a very crowded market. Um, and I'll keep you posted on how that goes. But yeah, so let, yeah. let's let, let's talk a little bit. Let's kind of dive in a little bit. Um, so into okay, if that's if that's where marketing should head, how do they ultimately get there? Um, and so mm-hmm. you you started to kind of unpack that a little bit, um, but maybe for those traditional marketers as they hear that, that's probably some trepidation because that's a whole new muscle that they've never even um, exercised before. Um, so I guess it's a two part question. Uh, one is. Is that the you know the the playbook that you described? So you know traditional SEO and, and paid, um, where they want to rank for a specific keyword uh, that's you know whatever for one reason or another in their category is the the known the known keyword. How do they balance that with, hey, how do I now embark on this new next frontier of marketing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, basically the way to think about this is in terms of brand marketing versus performance marketing. So uh, like you said, you're always going to need performance marketing. You're always going to need some sort of transactional, you know, let's make the sale, let's get the lead, let's get someone in the system, let's get them on a call, let's get them to sign up and create a free account. Um, but the way that you do that is changing because again, the the bar has been, has been raised and it's just not as easy to do that efficiently at scale. Um, so instead of leading with performance marketing, going straight for, you know, the SEO optimized article, straight for the Google ad, straight for the Facebook ad, straight for the cold email. Instead, you lead with a brand marketing effort, which is more of that marketing like a media company, um, content marketing uh, effort and strategy where we're building trust with the audience. We're getting in front of a lot of people. Um, we're teaching, we're, uh, we're entertaining, even in some, in some senses. Um, we're building up our team and certain people within the team as thought leaders in the space. And then we're going to capitalize on that attention, on that trust through a performance marketing effort on the back end. And if we really want to get practical and think about like a kind of crawl, walk, run approach of what does this look like on the smallest scale to what does this look like on the biggest scale? At the very smallest scale, I think what a lot of companies need to think about is how do you just get one person to be the face of the company and to build up a personal brand within the space to be a trusted part of the community? That person is probably best fit to be one of the founders or the CEO um, or even like the chief uh, the chief product officer, whoever is sort of like um, can, can most relate to the audience that you sell to with your product. And even if it's just that one person getting them up on social media, creating content for them, having them be sort of like the author of that content, having lots of different types of um, formats of content. Uh, again, if you're just kind of starting out and you're in that crawl phase, 
maybe you start with a couple of channels like um, Twitter and going on a podcast. Let's just say, for example, super, super approachable. Anyone can tweet, anyone can hop on a podcast and talk about what they know. If we want to talk about like what a, what a, you know, uh, a walk approach might look like, maybe you're adding on, you know, one or two other people kind of into the media personality team that you're helping to grow. And maybe you're adding on a couple more channels as well. So now it's going to be, you know, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and podcasts. And now we're going to have a couple more places and a couple more formats that we're creating this content. And we're elevating three people, not one, across all these, you know, four or five channels, these four or five formats of content, if you will. Um, and then the the run approach you kind of you can build literally an entire team of media personalities. Mm-hmm. You can have different people for different functions in the business. Um, that content can take lots of different formats. I can just run through a couple of examples, but um, you know, Drift was kind of one of the OGs at this, where they had um, you know Dave Gerhardt and then they had David Cancel, and then they started really elevating um, the product co-founder Elias. Um, and then they brought up like the, a PM named Maggie Crawley. And they gave her like, okay, now you're going to be like the product management media personality. So let's create a content or a, a podcast. Let's get you up and running on Twitter and LinkedIn. Let's get you on podcasts. And then they did that across multiple different functions. They had the retention person. They had the marketing person. They had the salesperson. They had like the revenue person, the product person, the design person. Um, we've seen this across the hustle, uh, profit well, morning brew. Um, HubSpot has done an amazing job of this. Uh, even like companies like um, Coinbase, you know, they'll have like a whole news team where instead of being like beholden to the crypto news outlets on what's the what's true, what's not true, and that's like influence in the market. So like, you know what, we're going to create Coinbase news. We're going to have a whole editorial team just dedicated to being the destination for the news so that they kind of like hold their destiny in their own hands. Um, yeah. It comes like Wistia you know, a video hosting platform, but they're creating like full-on documentaries on how to create documentaries, very meta, how to create video content, doing interviews. Um, one of my favorite series was a series called 110100, where they worked with a video marketing agency and they gave them, uh, they wanted them to create three videos, one with a $1,000 budget, one with a $10,000 budget, and one with a $100,000 budget. And you get to see behind the scenes of what it looks like to create a video for each one of those budgets, as well as, you know, the, the process of documenting that whole process too. <laughs> so again, like very meta, but um, yeah, yeah there, there's lots of different ways that this plays out. Um, again, if you're just crawling, you just want to start out one person, one or two channels, you know, really small, but how do you integrate yourself as a trusted member of the community? And then how do you scale that out across multiple people, multiple channels uh, in a really big way um, going from crawl to walk to run? Yeah, I like that process. And it's something that, you know, speaking, and I mentioned to you we're doing this, we're undergoing this right now. And and last year we did that crawl approach where we had uh, a few of us that were creating a point of view and creating a following. Um, and now it's like, hey, let's open that up to one person each one of our departments. And we create a creator cohort uh, concept. And we're launching that next, next month. Um, and so that we've got a whole department to support them uh, and create distribution networks, et cetera. So it's, um, we're fully bought in on that. I think the the next question that probably a lot of uh, folks have, so, okay, crawl, walk, run approach, but how do we measure? 
So how do we determine if this is effective or not? I mean, do we need to be thinking about demand acquisition, demand generation? What, like, what is the, what's the recommendation that you have as people start to implement this approach? Yep. Again, it's going to take a little bit of a mindset shift just because brand marketing efforts are generally harder to measure than performance marketing efforts. So it's not going to be as much about like, all right, what was the conversion rate from, um, you know, this click from this ad to this landing page? Uh, just because it's not going to be there, right? We're talking about more, not like last click or first click attribution. We're talking about multi-touch attribution. How do you get, how do you expand the funnel and over time, um, you know, convert those people in a very non-linear way, right? Um, so what I'd be looking for is like really honestly measuring is uh, things like total reach. Like what are your, what's your total impressions across each one of your kind of media outlets that you have? whether it's corporate accounts or personal accounts, whoever's on the team, um, looking at total follower accounts. Um, and then you can kind of think down funnels. So I have this, this framework called the Orb Framework. I call it owned, rented, and borrowed platforms. Ultimately, you want all of your sort of, um, all of your uh, like attention to be funneled into an owned platform. An owned platform is where you have a direct relationship with your audience. Things like, email, a community, a text message list. Like there's no algorithm, there's no filtering, there's no censorship that's ever going to get in the way of you reaching your audience. Um, and then we have things like uh, rented platforms, which are more like social media sites and um, news outlets. And you're sort of like, you're, it's pay to play. You got to follow the rules. You're living in someone else's house, but you can still use that to funnel people back to your own platform. And same exact thing with borrowed platforms. It's this is like me going on your podcast or you going on someone else's podcast. Um, you know, YouTubers doing collaborations, doing guest newsletters and guest posts on blogs, anything in that regard, right? Where you're basically tapping into someone else's owned platform, their owned audience. Um, so again, to answer the question about like, how do you measure that? How do you measure this? You want to take a measurement of each one of those categories. So I started out with talking about like, you know, uh, reach and followers, like that would definitely very much fit into the the rented platform um, part of the funnel. Just getting an understanding of like how wide are we casting this net and how good of a job are we doing at growing this net and making it even wider, even more up the funnel. Like how many guest posts did we do? Can we measure anything from that? How many podcasts did we go on? Can we measure anything from that? How many X, Y, and Z? Just what can you, you know, what is the frequency and what is the reach of each one of those things? But ultimately, you really want to be pushing everyone to an owned platform. So um, a podcast, a newsletter, a community, a text message list. Uh, those are like the the big four usually. Even to your own site, I would say if there's like another way, even to convert someone as a user, right? You're looking at things like that. Um, and you're looking for any sort of signal of that transfer from a rented platform to an owned platform or from a borrowed platform to an owned platform. How often, or, you know, what is the, the, the growth of that relationship? How often is that happening? How many people are coming into the funnel? Um, and how good a job are you doing in growing your owned platforms, especially is what I'd mainly be looking at. I like that. Yeah. I think that might be a fun uh, takeaway for our audiences, know where they can get that framework um, around own rent and bought. Um, let's transition to the last topic that was top of mind for me. So we talked a little bit about the process of how you implement. We talked a little bit about how you measure it. And I think that, you know, there's kind of a two-part question. Um, you know, for some of our audience that may say, hey, that sounds really interesting, but 
and you've answered my objection of how do I measure it. The next question I would have is, well, how do I motivate people to do it? And mm-hmm. secondly, they have day jobs. So how do I balance like their ex- like performance execution around their current role? And then we're saying, hey, on top of that, I need you to be doing these things. So how do you mm-hmm. balance the, or yeah, how do you balance that of one motivation and two accountability? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the motivation part, like you, you can never force someone to do something that, that, that they don't want to do. So some people are just not going to be bought into the idea and that's okay. I would say from a cultural standpoint, if this is something that's very core to who you are and what you want to do, you want to be looking for people who are interested in this in the first place and are open to it at least, right? Um, now, obviously it's really hard. It's a it's very kind of cutting edge um, on the frontier. So it's hard to have that kind of foresight. Um, so if you're working with a lot of people who just are not that interested in it, then that's okay. I would encourage people to take small steps and at least get them doing something. Even if there's no like expectations around what happens or what they post or even how good it is, just getting in the practice of sharing things. I remember when I first started being more active on Twitter, I had to mentally train myself to just any thought that popped in my head or question related to SaaS marketing, just tweet it. And not worry about editing, not worry about like, how can I turn this into something that's going to go viral or that gets shared or that people like, but just getting into the practice of training myself to, to share more. Um, once you get people to actually do that and you say, Hey, you know, you're really smart. Uh, you're really good at this whole product design thing. Like you have so many interesting opinions that you share in meetings. I would love for you to share that on social media. Even if it's just for your own personal gain in your career that will help you go further, make more money, um, work with better brands and better companies, get a promotion, give you a raise. Um, I would love for you to do that personally. And also, if this turns into something, this could be a huge benefit for the company that we would like to basically um, figure out a way to work this into you know, your job um, as a way to reach more people and get more customers for us. At the end of the day, I think that there's a big question that people are wondering, which is like, who is responsible for for growing the company? And really, if we look at it, I think that for a long time, we've kind of just put that off on like the sales marketing guys. But ultimately, like everyone is a marketer of the company. Um, the way that they show out, the, the clothes that they wear, the conferences that they attend, the stuff they post on social media, it's all a representation of the company. And it's good to encourage them to basically say, Hey, like, even if you're not like on the marketing team, we're all in this together. Like we all have something to chip in. We can all help just push the business forward even a little bit. Um, even if it doesn't feel like you're doing anything, just having the output and getting the practice of making an effort does make a difference collectively and just encouraging them to sort of, um, you know, Obviously, it's, it's easier to motivate people with a more like personal gain up front, <laughs> but then like justifying it with like a, a collective, hey, we're all in this, in, in this together, you know, let's kind of pull together and we're going to figure this out as a team um, works well to kind of motivate people. Yeah, I think that's good advice in terms of um, you, know, you plant the seed, you encourage those that are expressing interest. Uh, and then to your point in terms of how do you kind of reward that. I think that's where it's, hey, this actually um, isn't a distraction. It's, it enables you to actually be successful, both in terms of your function, but also as it relates to the company's objectives. Because to your point, um, we're all responsible for like stewarding this 
or this brand um, wow. and allowing us to continue to grow. Um, so uh, I really like that thought. So uh, as we wrap up, you know, one of the things that we really look at is Corey, what are, what's the next step they can take? Um, Cause this is a, a big idea and it's, there's a lot to be um, discussed here. So it's a fun conversation. So what's, what's a way in which they can engage with you? It could be with the community, with the product, um, with content. Um, I'll, I'll give it to you. Sure. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways, to be honest. Um, if you're like really enamored with this idea and you're like, man, marketing like a media company, I want to do that. I created a full course on how to do it uh, with examples and a lot of really practical steps. It's a part of the the membership for Swipe Files. So if you just go to swipefiles.com slash membership, you'll see you know what it takes to get started there. We'd love to have you as a subscriber. I share stuff like this all the time for free within the newsletter um, at swipefiles.com. Um, and then my personal Twitter is probably the best place to just like follow along always tweeting stuff about SaaS marketing at Corey Haynes Co. And um, yeah, we'd love to see you there. DMs are always open. Feel free to ask questions, interact, challenge assumptions, <laughs> all the above. Well, Corey, thanks for stopping by. I know our audience is really going to benefit from it. It's been a fun conversation for me and uh, we really appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate you. Thanks for having me. All right, talk to you later.